Hey guys, this is Marisa, one of the Ascension producers behind Ask Father Josh. Father recorded today's episode last week, and as you know, a lot has changed since then because of the current COVID-19 pandemic. At this point in time, no churches in the United States are holding public masses, but many of our wonderful priests are live streaming their masses so that we can join in praying with them. Father Josh is one of those priests, and his daily mass is now being live streamed to Ascension's Facebook page every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Go to facebook.com slash ascensionpress and join us tomorrow for Mass with Father Josh at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. God bless. What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God is calling you to be. Here's the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, evangelization, catechesis, discipleship, relationship advice, and the list goes on. I will then spend time with your questions, pray with them, study, do some research, and get back to you and hopefully get back to you with some responses that are helpful for you to become a saint. But here is the disclaimer. I am not perfect. I am imperfect. Therefore, every now and then the advice that I share with you might not be good for you to grow in holiness. If that's the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to become holy. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ and the sacraments and the scripture and in prayer so that Jesus Christ can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. Again, this helps other people to find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it can become a gift for others as well. Also, my book is still available at EscensionPress.com, Pocket Guide to Adoration and Broken and Blessed, and it is also available in many bookstores in your local area. On today's show, I have one of my buds from like literally since I was a teenager. We're from the same parish. Uh, we entered seminary formation the same year. We decided to do it together. It was kind of like a bet. We Not a bet, but like a deal we made with each other. <laughs> <laughs> a bet. I bet you won't do it. Uh, truth or dare, I dare you go to seminary. And now, now we're priests, so uh, and, uh, God his, works us and for us and uh through us and uh in us through us with us us. so his name is father brad doyle what's up father brad how you doing father josh it's rainy day right now the lightning is i kind of like it yeah it's kind of cool you have your wine i mean you have your coffee (laughs) sorry (laughs) i have my wine you have coffee i have coffee so we're clear i have wine uh we should do a song coffee and wine uh, red, the, red wine. I was thinking like the le- wait, the way I I don't love you, but I always will. Oh, I don't love you, but I always will. That was pretty good. And it was, it, was it uh your mouth is coffee, your mouth is wine. That was a little weird. Yeah, that is kind of weird. But anyway, so Father Brad and I have known each other since back in the day. We both had our conversion at the same Steubenville Conference before the same Eucharistic host with the same bishop back in the day. And um, so that's kind of cool. Isn't that crazy that there was this conference? And I always try to think of that when I'm at youth conferences and giving talks or just with my youth group. And I'm looking at my youth group and I'm like, I was one of y'all, you know, and 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 
it's it, God can just surprise us. Like at any one of these conferences, Dawson Youth Conferences, Steubenville's, like there is people with vocations to marriage and priesthood and religious life out there. And look, I don't know about you, but I was a doofus. Well, we were, we were both doofus. I mean, no, don't, don't judge me, bro. I was not a doofus. Okay, you weren't a doofus. I was a doofus. And God still... I was a pretty boy. <laughs> God still got me, and he got you. And I didn't like you back then, too, which is funny because we're not really good Are friends. Are we going to throw down right now? No. So okay. I thought... So Brad was like the Backstreet Boys back then. He Father Brad, he was the leader of our powwow band, praise and worship band, which, by the way, remember Chrissy Joe? Yeah. She came to Mass here last really? uh, Sunday. Yeah, oh, and Brandy awesome. uh, would join the parish as well. Oh, nice, uh, nice. Brandy's the girl who um, is responsible for my conversion, so her and her family, I'm very grateful for them. But yeah, Brad was the leader of our praise and worship band, so after our conversion, I started going to youth group, which I never went to before, and Brad was like leading praise and worship, and he would like hit his collar popped and like two double collars, right? Two collars, uh, different colors, pastel. Yeah, uh, your hair was like... Different colors too. You know, like there the was there boys. was there was some uh, some bleach tips and uh and I just thought he was st- like so like I didn't know people so I came and I was like he never spoke to me so I was like this dude has like a, like you know an issue but you were scared of me weren't you I don't think I was scared of you I thought you said you were scared of me I thought you you like I mean a, you were you were you were cool I was you were cool I think we both were. Thought each other were, were too cool for school. I didn't think you were cool, but uh, I didn't like you, yeah. Gosh, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting roasted. Is this what I'm it's going to be like being on your show? No, I love you. You know, no, you and I have been through, we've been uh, through it all, so it's been great. Um, and uh, so, yeah, anyways, we became like, really like the best of best. It's like over like the, what, the past like 16, how many years? Is it? 2004, we 2004, met. 2004, so. 16, uh, 16 years, bruh. That's Look, crazy. Our rela- our our friendship is like a, that's a when teenager. We, I had my conversion whenever I was like about to be yeah I was sixteen going on seventeen. So this is like half of my life. Oh, I'm thirty three. Do you know year. that school song? Because when you're sixteen and somebody tells you they love you, no, nope. I am sixteen going on seventeen. Never heard it. Is it for sound of music? Yeah. Oh, I have heard it. A lie. So today's show, we're not going to be talking about the priesthood. We're going to be talking about issues with marriage, uh, specifically uh, fertility testing and birth control for medical reasons. Yep. Um, and in seminary, I had a nickname for you, which was? Moral Man. Moral Man. So we're going to talk about moral theology with you today. Um, but before we talk about moral theology with Father Brad, who is the host of the very popular podcast, The Quizzical Papist. Ah, yeah, cheer. Which is about? Uh, so it's basically a bar, a Catholic bar trivia. So if any of you out there like going to bar trivia, you have a, a couple of friends, you meet at the pub or the bar, and someone's a host, and they ask questions, and you win free drinks and swag. Uh, I took that experience, and I placed it into a podcast, and I made the questions Catholic-ish. Um, and so it's a way of kind of talking about the faith, but also showing that our faith doesn't have to be compartmentalized, like our, our fun over here and faith over there. It's all smashed into one. Fun and faith smashed into one. That's what I think about when I think about Father Brad. Oh, that's a good compliment. Yeah, you're welcome. So let's uh, before we get into our fun, faithful conversation about issues regarding the sacrament of matrimony that can happen within that beautiful sacrament, let's uh, talk about a glory story. Back. So glory story time. So basically, I thought we could share this glory story together because it involves both of us. Have you ever short shared this? 
Not on the podcast, I don't okay. think. Yeah, I mean, I've shared it on many occasions, but never on the podcast. So basically, my very first novena I've ever prayed was to St. Therese. And it was because at the Superville conference where we had our conversion, at they showed a preview of the movie St. Therese, mm-hmm. which was so boring. I don't know if you've ever watched it. It was like <laughs> I didn't know what was gonna come the worst mind. like Catholic movie ever. That's why I have like this issue with like like Christian movies because like stuff like that sometimes scarred. Oh my gosh, like, they're so bad. And I, the preview was so cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, who is this nun? Like she had a sword because you know the place she was in and all that. Oh, like, that's true. She played Joan of Arc. And I saw it and I was just like, I mean, it was it was really not it was just, yeah, it was hard to watch. But because of that, I prayed my very first nine-day novena um, to St. Therese to invite her to intercede for me to Jesus, and I got roses. And I started praying them, like, every nine days. And, and it, the, the weird thing was, because, like, my senior year in high school, so this, my conversion happened the summer before my senior year in high school. And so my senior year in high school, there was a billboard um, for like Harriman's like flowers, something like that. <laughs> and there was like a billboard of a rose. Uh-huh. And so on the ninth day, if I didn't get a rose from Therese, I would go and drive by that billboard. Just like, <laughs> oh, I got my rose right there. <laughs> I just so happened to be 20 minutes out of my way. Oh. <laughs> like, like the ninth day, I'm like, no, let me go drive it before midnight hits. Um, and so I've always had a relationship with St. Therese. And so we got to seminary. We went to St. Joseph's Abbey and Seminary College run by the Benedictine monks. And right next to the monks are a group of cloistered nuns, the Carmelites, clo- the cloistered Carmelites, no, the Covenant Carmelites is their name, right? Yeah, that's their their common name that we give them, yeah. Yeah, and so one of our good friends is uh, a member of there now as well, um, from New Rose, Louisiana, and uh, yeah, so there's a great, awesome, beautiful community of sisters. If you feel called a cloister life, definitely check them out, they're beautiful. And one day, I saw them, and, and I Therese said, was a Carmelite, by the and way. And St. Therese was a Carmelite sister, yeah, so I saw Mother Edith after Edith Stein, and um, I asked her one day, I said, Mother, I would never ask you for a relic of St. Therese, but if you ever wanted to give me one, and I'm pretty sure you have one because you're a Carmelite monastery, I would take it. So <laughs> she kind of like laughed. You didn't ask, you like told them. Yeah, kind of, pretty much. And she emailed me a week later and was like, hey, uh, Seminarian Josh, come to the monastery. <laughs> that would have been awesome if she would have been like, uh, I would never give you one, but <laughs> <laughs> if you actually asked me, then I might. Then I might. Uh, and so I went to the monastery, and she gave me this beautiful speech, and she was like, "Hey, look, we've had this relic of Saint Therese's hair since a year after she died. Like, they knew she was going to be a saint, so they began to cut her hair off and send it to all the Carmelite monasteries all over the world. So they've had it since a year after she died, and she said, and we're going to give it to you. And she said, if you ever leave seminary formation and don't become a priest, give it back to us." I said, cool, like, this is, like, the greatest gift ever. That's the only reason you became a priest. Was because I had You didn't want to give up the relic. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, my life is terrible. Uh, No, and so I got the relic, and I had it for, like, a week, maybe. And then one day, me and Father Brad went out to a restaurant to eat dinner. And then the next day, Mellow Mushroom Pizza Restaurant. And the next day, I woke up, and it was my custom to wake up and grab my relic and kiss it every morning. And I woke up, and my relic wasn't on my fridge, and it wasn't in my pants, and it wasn't under my bed. And I began to, like, lose my mind. Like, I can't find the relic. And so I didn't want to say anything to anybody because I knew that if you found out that you would, like, go off on me. Yeah, you ran and hid, just like Adam and Eve. You know, they ran and hid from the father. So you you just, out of shame, you wanted to bury it. You wanted to run away. So you didn't tell us. That's Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, definitely. I ran and hid, and a week later, me and Father Brad were hanging out. And I slipped and mentioned, like, by the way, Lost St. Therese. And Father Brad did exactly what I thought he was going to do. I was not a good, good father. 
He screamed at me and he yelled at me. Oh, that's and a little strong. Well, you pretty much did okay, that. True. And so, but he's also choleric in his temperament. And so he was like, "We're gonna find this relic." And I'm like, "No, dude, it's been a week. We're, the relic's gone." Oh, my! By the way, meantime, I got an email from Mother Edith. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about this. And she says, "How is Saint Therese doing?" <laughs> I forgot. And I'm like, yeah, St. Therese is doing great because she's in heaven. So thanks for you asking. Didn't Bye. I did not lie, but I did not tell her that I, I lost the relic. That is called reservation of truth. That's not lying. It's That's reservation right. the, of the, truth. The Jesuits have taught us about reservation of truth, yeah. and so I'm yeah. very grateful for the Jesuits. So, yeah. So, anyway, so Brad said, we're going to find it. He said, when's the last time you saw it? And I said, I think, like, the last time I had it was the day we went to Mother Mushroom. And I'll leave it there. You can pick and up. then you, uh, and then Father Josh was like, "I'm getting out of this situation, so I'm going to do laundry." Right. So he goes and does does laundry, and then uh, a friend of ours and um, myself are sitting there, and I'm like, "I'm finding this relic." So I call Mellow Mushroom, and then when when you're calling a place to ask if they found a relic, you never really understand how weird we are as Catholics until you're asking them to find a relic. So I'm, I'm not talking to the person. They're like, oh, yeah, what, what'd you lose? I'll, I'll go see if it's if we have it. I'm like, it's a relic. <laughs> and they're like, they're like oh, wait, what's a relic? I'm like, it's a gold thing with the piece of a dead person in it. <laughs> and they, and she, we don't know how weird we are as Catholics until we have to describe aspects of our faith to non-Catholics. Yeah, exactly. So so if I was like, it's it's St. Therese, it's a relic, it's a piece of her hair. She's been just, dead for 100 years. Just just fine. Just go find it. And, and, she, and you told her where we were sitting at, too. Yeah, and I said we're the third booth on the left. And uh, she, walks, she walks there, walks back, and she goes, hey, you never believe this. I found it. It was in the seat. For like, a week, for a whole week, it was in the same seat. Where it was I wedged it. in the seat. It was like one of those cushiony things. So I decide, Which hey, says a lot about like, did they not clean well? If they didn't find it for a whole week, no, no, no. I think, I think, uh, like I think there's an field. angel that protected. Yeah, so th- yeah. they cleaned everywhere else. Yeah. And so, um, so then me and the other seminarian wanted to surprise Josh. So we ran uh, to Mellow Mushroom, picked. Drove, drove Mellow Mushroom. I know, but it was a turn of phrase. Oh, cool. We did drive. We didn't run. 12 miles. I'm literal, you know? So uh, we, we, we drove to Mellow Mushroom, picked it up. I said, thank you. We go to get in the car, and I go to kiss the relic. Do you remember this part? Yeah, you smell like roses. Yeah, and I smelled roses. Which and, you, it, and you just did a consecration, Therese, for your, your vocation. That's true. I asked Therese to pray for me to see if I should continue to be a priest. And uh, I forgot about this when I was on this mission to get this relic. And I, and I, and I gave it to the other seminary, and he smelled roses. We were freaking out. Well, actually, we, we didn't freak out at that moment Josh because thought, we thought it was just part of the thing. It was yeah, like one of those rosaries. smelling roses, yeah. Yeah, and so we brought it back. I said, Josh, guess what? We got and I interest. flipped out. I was on my bed in my seminary room and I like jumped up and down. I was like, How did you get her? And Brad says, I said, Hey, did you didn't tell me she smelled like roses? And I said, Because she doesn't. And he said, Yeah, smell her. And you, you said it smelled like pizza grease. Yeah, so it smelled like pizza grease. Because she so was mad at me. Like she was like, mad at you. She loved me. She told me to become a priest. She's trying to run away from you. But she's here with me still. So like she can't it's like a bad relationship. She couldn't get out of it. Um but the, what Brad didn't know we were going to share, but then, okay, so I'm just really bad at relics. I lose them all the time. So anyways, now I keep them in a reliquary, and they don't leave my office. I don't carry them on my person anymore because I don't want to lose them. And so I have them in my, my house, my chapel, my office, in specific places like right here by the podcast. Um, however, there was another relic that I also received um, in similar formation a few years later, Maria Goretti, and I also lost her one day. And then Brad randomly is walking to the seminary and he finds a relic of St. Maria Goretti. He's like, dude, look what appeared to me. A relic. 
of St. Maria Grand. I'm like, no, I had lost I'm a relic. Like, that's too. my relic. He's like, no, it's not. No. It's mine. I'm like, I'm telling you, I just lost it. He's like, no, I'm telling you, it's no, mine. I had lost one, and she she miraculously appeared to me. So yeah, you lost yours like in a different state. Mine was like in seminary, and you found her. You're like, hey, she's appeared right here in the hallway. I'm like, dude, that's my hallway that I live on. <laughs> Anyways. So did not give it back? No, you kept it. And then you like gave it to somebody who's like, oh, and yeah. then I and I left it with somebody who was in the hospital and they lost it. Oh, they, yeah. The, the, oh, one that, of the attendings. That like, makes it so much better. I thought it was something else. Okay, cool. Great. Friends. Anyways, that's our glory story. It's the relics. Praise God. Community of saints, they love us. They do. Well, they keep leaving me for some reason, but they love you. Uh, so anyways, our feedback from previous episode comes in from... Jess, Jess writes this, hey, Father Josh, I listened to your recent podcast on fasting, not my first episode by far, and I appreciate, as always, your optimism and hope. I smile every time I listen because you are a clergy member of prayer and dedication to the Mother Church. I'm praying for you and all priests, which means she's praying for you, Father Brad. Thank you, Jess. Because of this last episode, I'm offering my Lenten sacrifice for Rachel, who struggles with an eating disorder. When I was in high school, I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder. Completing, complete healing took years, took two years. Uh, praise God. I could drive again and play tennis, etc. by the time I graduated. When I was sick, though, I felt irritated by happy people. And many days woke only to wish I could sleep a very long time and be cured. Healing felt a long process and was a team effort with doctors. But God showed me literally how he can drag us from the dredges of death into the brilliance of new life. Uh, through that, I learned the freedom of sharing my feelings I had before and the beauty of childlike joy. Hmm. My glory story is multiple parts and all involve how God restored me again and again to new, more abundant life. It began with that time in high school, strengthened by the realization one day after Mass that if my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, I must care for it. Then in college, God invited me to much deeper friendship with him and when I found myself sleeping to a lower weight, he gave me strength to counter it on my own. Most recently, I was diagnosed with other health issues, which I have worked with doctors to address for a year. The sadness is that because of it, I've been unable to have children with my husband of a few years. But just this week, we found out that we may be pregnant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to verify this next week. And I'm amazed. Again, God is so good to me. Even in our barrenness, God kept blessing me mm. in Small ways as if to tell me, I am with you. And truly he is. He keeps his promises so amazingly. So please, for Rachel and for all who feel lost in darkness or feel despair that the road is long, keep going. Hold fast to God. He is a good, good, good father. Sincerely, Jessica. P.S. For anyone giving up hot showers, please don't neglect showering except for Sundays. <laughs> that, that's true. Because he's a good, good father. It's who you are. Uh. It's who you are. Uh, it's who you are. And we are loved by him. So praise God. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful glory story. And we're grateful for your prayers. And we are praying for you, Jessica. What stood out to me was her, that part where she said, I've learned how to share my emotions, like the things that are happening to me. And I think people can draw, like, draw something from that, that example. Mm -hmm. Like so many people get bogged down in their own stuff and they don't know how to reach out to other people. And so that's that's a really cool example. That is a cool example. Awesome. So today's show, we're going to be talking about fertility testing and birth control for medical reasons. Yeah. And so actually for the 
at this point, I think it's good to give, maybe give a disclaimer. Like we will be talking about some pretty um, intimate things. So yeah. if you're listening with kids in the car, um, we will be talking about the sexual act and, and so put marital up the act. E for explicit on the podcast. Today. You do not put explicit on the. Oh, song. we do. The one I really. Did, anytime I talk about stuff that is like super intense, we put up the E. See, I agree e with for, E for guarantee. E for explicit, and I have this theory that whenever people like musicians and stuff put up explicit it's actually wrong because they're not actually explicit about mm-hmm. the sexual act because explicit means being very clear about and it sharing everything and they just and sharing share everything. they just share part of it a distortion of it and they're not clear at all about human sexuality so put that e up because this is going to be explicit because we're sharing it all and this is the e for guarantee ask father josh with father brad all right so let's uh get my music going and when the music stops we're gonna jump into the first question did you just do a cardi b so yeah first question comes in from john john oh man oh john the beloved disciple i mean so my prayer today real quick john just your name just like triggered me to my prayer this morning uh, gosh, John was at like, rested on the breast of Jesus. He was at the foot of the cross, Father Brad, mm-hmm. and then he was without the bridegroom, and he had to fast. Mm. Right. And, and and you're probably listening to this right in the middle of a, a coronavirus quarantine, right? And that was part of your your, yeah. your, your exactly thoughts. that that was my um my podcast last week, which is my prayer my prayer time of like man, like my heart. I don't know about you, but like today, my heart is heavy. You kind of hear my voice. It's like a little shaky. I'm not going to cry, but like kind of like feel like, man, it's just like my people. Golly. I mean, I know, I know that the saints went through this, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's hard to process that like, wow, my, my people, my people are going to go without the sacrament of the Eucharist for a while. And that's just difficult to grasp, yeah. but we're still going to offer it on behalf of them. Absolutely. And like, like the mass is not stopping. We're all saying mass has said mass today. Um, you know, a private mass, and and God isn't bound by the sacraments. We that's are. Right. That's right. God is bigger than the sacraments. Okay, so John asks. Oh my bad. I'm like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on my emotions right now. So this this whole Lent without my people receiving is just like oh. Uh. So anyways, John asked about fertility testing. He says this. Hey, Father Josh, my name is John King. Love that name. King. Who? John King. He's a king. Who? John King. And I am looking into moral theology and have a question on fertility. If a couple cannot have children, a woman can get a fertility test, and it's sometimes as simple as a small hormone shot to make her able to conceive. If it's a male problem, one can only know from a semen sample. Is there any morally okay way to provide a sperm sample? Some test for acidity, sperm count, etc. My instinct tells me that the answer is no. Uh, there is no morally acceptable way to provide the sample. Well, there are a few ways to obtain them, but the common way is through a special condom provided by the physician or through masturbation into a sample cup. My intuition tells me both of these ways are wrong, and there is not a morally acceptable way to test for male infertility, even for medical reasons. What are your thoughts? Am I correct in my assumption? Thank you for your help. I love the podcast. John. You want me to go at it? Yeah, dog. Okay, cool. So great question, John. Um, And I'm glad, first, I just want to affirm you and that you're reaching out to the church uh, for wisdom and guidance. The church is 
uh, ancient, right? And it's guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so many people would get into a hard situation um, where there's so many emotions involved, like with infertility, and 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 just maybe not think clearly and not go to the church. So you're setting a great example, going to the to the church and wanting to do the right thing. And uh, I have some great news for you, John. There actually is a moral morally licit way um, to test uh, semen samples and to obtain them. Um, and I'll, I'll say what that way is in a second, but the, you were right in that um, masturbation is is wrong, is evil, and can't be... Um, the ends don't justify the means, right. basically. So just because you're, you're going to do, um, or it's for a good purpose or a good cause or a good intention, um, we need three things for an action to be good or to be done, and that's good intentions, a good circumstance surrounding it, and the action itself needs to be good. Mm. And uh, masturbation is an intrinsic evil, so it's never good. So you can't justify um, obtaining a sample that way. So you're right in that. Your your uh, intuition is right. Remember Another, the Bible whenever Onan spilled his seed. Well, I was about to go to Coitus Interruptus. Have oh, you, go ahead, dog. Hit so, it up. so the famous, the f- fancy like uh, term, like uh, Latin term for for. Uh, pulling out is called coitus interruptus, okay? Right, coitus meaning uh, intercourse and interruptus meaning you interrupted it. Um, so that is that is immoral as well. I um, mean, that's what you're referring to, to Genesis chapter mm-hmm. 38. Um, so both of those are, are wrong because they separate the end of sex, the two ends of sexuality. Which are? Which are procreative and unity. Yep. So procreation and unity. And if you don't have both those ends, if you're not open to both those ends, or you frustrate either one of those ends, then it is immoral. Which is why it's wrong also for a couple to just have sex with each other to have a baby. But like they don't want to, like, we, like, I'm just using you because I want to get a baby out of this. Like, if, you can't do that. It's like it's supposed to be uni- a bonding experience as well. Exactly. The, you, you can fall into the, the paradigm of use mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're supposed to love people and use things and not use people and love things. I've never heard that. That was profound, wasn't it? It's not from me. I got it from Instagram. Oh, okay. Hashtag Leah. <laughs> Shout out Leah Darrow. Pinterest. Uh, Shout out Leah Darrow. <laughs> okay, so check this. Check this. Those two are absolutely wrong, and you're right. But that special condom that you're talking about, it's called a perforated condom, okay? Meaning like it's intentionally perforated on the end um, so that semen does will absolutely uh, release in in into the, woman. the wife um, in the act of intercourse and so it's not contraceptive but at it also time. at the same time it retains some semen um, so that you can bring that to to the doctor the good old Catholic both and seek et seek yes and yes that's why I like the lat- the Latin term mm. for both and. Is yes and yes. It's just two yeses. All you gotta do is say yes, yes. So yes and yes. Okay. Here is from the Off of Spanish CC. Seek at seek. That's where Spanish comes from, Latin. Okay. So look. Um. Here is from the Napro Technology website. Shout out to Napro. We love Napro here. We, you and I went to uh, when we were in Omaha. We got to visit. Yeah. Dr. Paul the Sixth Institute. Oh my! It was so cool. Then they had the three. It was three stories. And the one, the third story where the chapel was with the Blessed Sacrament and. Mm. Oh, so good. Like the upper room, they called it. Yeah, like Dr. Hilger. So, so good. his website, he's got a great system. The website is, is kind of cheesy looking, but don't worry Ooh. about it. Go to Napro uh, Technology, put it into Google. Okay, it says a perforated seminal collection device, or otherwise known as a perforated condom, um, it is okay. In this fashion, the seminal fluid can be collected with an active intercourse at home in a way in which is is not contraceptive, so it's all good. Uh, when the seminal fluid is collected, 
collected in this fashion, it needs to be brought to the hospital or to the laboratory within 30 to 45 minutes after collection, and it should be kept warm during this period of time. Okay, so if you can't do it at home, like you can be near somewhere near where it could go. So like you have to go to a hotel because you said in home. So, so, so people, some people are scrupulous. They're like, I gotta do it at home. Father Brad said at home. Oh, that's true. Like, so no, like you, if you're married, I, you have it where you can have it and wherever's 35 minutes away. A dignified place. <laughs> yes, clearly. <laughs> a dignified yeah, not place. like yeah, not outside or something like that. But but, yeah. but it is so ask ask your doctor, but but you have to keep it warm. Um preferable for a seminal fluid to be emptied from the collection device into a clean plastic container. I don't know if you need all this information, <laughs> but I wanted to let you know that it is okay. And this is from uh, Creighton's uh, website itself. That's awesome. So yeah, so there is a way. There is a way apart, Absolutely. apart from the bad way, which is masturbation. There's always a third way in most in most good things, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so praise God. Hopefully that was helpful, John. Uh, let me know if you have further questions at Josh at ascensionpress.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about birth control being used for medical reasons. Stay tuned. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Frat has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Uh, don't forget, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at AskFatherJosh at EssentialPress.com. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. Again, this helps other people find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially, it can become a gift for them as well. And my book, Pocket Guide to Adoration, is currently available at EssentialPress.com and also here at Holy Rosary at the Sacred Arts and Gifts in Jesus Mary Gift Shop thing that you I have just here. Forget your I did. Gift shop? I did. I did forget. It's such a long name after you told me that I realized it is a long name. Um and so please cop that book as well as Broken and Blessed. And pray for me because I'm already in the prayer booth working on my next my next book with Ascension. So uh, God's doing amazing things. And that book is called uh, go to uh, quizzicalpapist.com with Father Brad Doyle, the host of the Quizzical Papist. Uh, I'm just messing with you. So that was a joke from the Quizzical Papers himself, Father Brad Doyle. You can find the Quizzical Papers on all podcast formats. All where you catch them. Birth control for medical reasons. Father Josh, thank you for always being such an honest and true source for church teachings. Quick backstory. My husband and I have practiced NFP our entire 13 years of marriage. We have two beautiful little boys, and we are completely happy practicing this. That being said... Since having my last baby, I've been in severe pain during ovulation. And today, did you hear that oh! thunder? It's it's raining water. Can you feel it? It's raining water. Yeah. Some thunder outside. And uh, that being said, since having my last baby, I've been in severe pain during ovulation. And today, I told the doctor, 
I have tried ignoring the pain, treating it at home, etc., but it has become debilitating. The doctor informed me I would need an ultrasound. In worst case, it is a cyst that needs to be removed, but could be something that going on um, birth control will resolve. I'm at a crossroads. My intent is not contraception. I've never been on birth control. However, I'm beginning to miss work and the ability to attend to my kids because of the pain. We obviously know what we need, that we need to be open to babies as that is the promise of marriage. That being said, if it is the only way to fix the pain I'm experiencing, is it a sin? Again, we are in the beginning stages of finding out what is wrong. Birth control may not be needed, but I'm wanting to know the church's view in this case. Ah, the name of our relic, Therese. Nice. Thanks, Therese. Thanks for your faithfulness first. Um, praise God for couples that witness to the joy of the church's teaching. Isn't that cool whenever you... It is. I, yeah, it's real. I mean, because I mean, NFP isn't easy. You know, like sometimes you meet people and they're like, uh, they they want to propose it as if NFP is like super easy. They sugarcoat it. Yeah. And then other couples contractive. like try and they're like, this is really difficult. Like, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, nothing's wrong with you. Anything yeah. that's like good is probably going to be a little bit difficult. So my, my friends, uh, I'm not going to say who they are, but my friends always go the opposite route just to make it. <laughs> they always are like, it is horrible. And then the couples start practicing. They're like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's kind of like reverse psychology. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So anyway, so thank you, Therese. Um, the short answer is no, it's not immoral for one to treat symptoms with uh, pills of estrogen and pro- progestin, right? And why did I say it like that? Why did I say pills of estrogen and progestin? Because that is the active ingredients in what's commonly called contraceptive pills, right? Or, um, or the pill. Um, and if you're using it for medical purposes, you're not using it as a contraceptive, right? Um, but at the same time, at the same time, and this is where it gets, uh, it gets sticky. Um, if someone is married, so this is for like younger girls or or, or people who are not married. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if you're married, it also acts as a contraceptive. Therefore you should not have sex while you're on the pill. Yeah. And that would be, that would be the, um, the moral thing to do. But it doesn't mean that you are, you don't have any options because, and I want to say I have, I disagree with one of the statements you said because you said this might be the only way to fix it. Or what was the what was her actual statement? So yeah, that's good clarity on that. The statement was that being said, if it is the only way to fix the pain I am experiencing, is it a sin? So if okay, no, it was something else. It was oh. like it was like an addressing it or fully addressing. Mm. Oh. oh. Hold my hand. Remember you, you sang that song in um Power Group. Remember that's that? That's true. That's true. I got a friend for you. Um, so basically, right here, the doctor informed me that I would need an ultrasound. Worst case is a cyst that needs to be removed. Crossroads. Intent is not contraception. I'm beginning to miss work ability. We obviously know that. Blah blah. No, blah, blah. Again, no. It was if. Yeah. Come on. No, it was if. I know. Hold on. Just admit it. You was wrong. <laughs> But you're still loved by the Father. He delights in you. Mm-hmm. Your beloved son. You're my favorite priest. You're Hold a great on. preacher. You're super holy. Thank and you're you. very prayerful. Oh, great gosh. hair. Okay, well, regardless, uh, basically, um, the pill or estrogen and progestin isn't addressing the underlying pathologies. That's right there. Okay, so, so what is actually wrong 
um, with the, your fertility system or your half of the fertility the system. pill won't fix it. Right. So it, it, it could be used to address symptoms put a that you're experiencing. On it. So you're bleeding, you put a bandaid on it. Stop bleeding. But guess what? You never address why you're bleeding. Exactly. So there's underlying pathologies um, that could or are the cause of um, your struggles. Right. And so let a good medicine would approach addressing those pathologies and we have a way to do that and we already talked about napro technology right so dr thomas hilders started a system of fertility awareness he doesn't even call it natural family planning because it's not just about avoiding pregnancy or even achieving pregnancy it's literally about the health of a fertility system um so what they do you, you chart um your cycle and you work with a practitioner. So a medical practitioner and sometimes a doctor, um, if it calls for it and you diagnose with their help of what could be the cause, what's the pathology, what's actually going wrong. That's causing the pain that's causing these symptoms. And then you have either hormonal uh, addressing of it in a, in a very directed way, or you have a surgical addressing of that. And with polyovarian cyst syndrome, um, that might be, there's a surgical And there are a number fix. of resources. So you can reach out to Dr. It was called the Paul VI Institute. You can reach out to a number of different Women's New Life Center clinics. I think there are also Hope Fertility Clinics that you can reach out to. There's so many different people that understand creating fertility care and NAPRO stuff that you could find out from how they can accompany and walk with you and finding healing and not just putting band-aids on. Because one of my biggest things with like anytime we like insert contraceptives into our bodies is like, yeah, it might put a band-aid on the thing, but at the same time, it's also like putting other toxins into your body that can cause cancer and so many. It's like those, those commercials. Right, those commercials that you see is like beautiful people running slowly, having like family time, laughing, and it says, "But here are the um, the other things that could uh, come with <laughs> this pill." Is that you can? You have, might have a stroke. You might get. You might gain weight. You got to. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, whoa, like that, that, that. No, 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 no. Stop, stop. Like that's really bad. Like that's not good. So there are, are other options out there um, that can actually help you find healing and not just put a band aid on the wound. Um, and so God, so just to be clear from a medical perspective for, uh, you know, a short period of time to ease symptoms. Absolutely. But if it's acting as a contraceptive as well, mm -hmm. then it wouldn't be moral. And there are other options that are not contraceptive, not contraceptive and better out there as well. So that's why it's good to reach out to a creating fertility care specialist or a doctor who understands NAPRO technology um, or just like a pro-life gynecologist who is not going to um, give you stuff that's harmful for your body, ultimately. Mm -hmm. So, that's the show. That's it. That's it. Any closing thoughts, Father Brad? Other than, I, I say, so if you're listening to this and it's during the, the quarantining, um, just, it's during, it's Lent. It's Lent, and there's there's a providence there, right? We go into the desert. Um, don't waste any kind of suffering or uncomfortability. A lot of times we, we think of Lent as like, we're going to add all this stuff on top of our, our, our sacrifices. We're going to create sacrifices for ourselves. But sometimes walking the Christian life just means receiving the sacrifices the Lord gives you. So don't be afraid of, of those sacrifices, even if it's you know, having to be at home or not being able to be at work or I'm not uh, being able to go to mass, man. Yeah. Oh, my people. I just got a text from one of my parishioners and she was lamenting about like this, but she was saying like, but she's going to long for him whenever she could receive him. And then one of my coworkers uh, said to me today, she said, Father Josh, I feel like I lost my best friend. 
because she loves to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, daily mass communicants, wow. you know, and I was like, my heart is breaking. Anyways, enough sorrow. Like, let's just, um, Father Brad, you like music too, so you want to close this out in a song? Yeah, sure. What song you want? <clears throat> you go ahead and do it. I'm just going to get background. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you next week. Thanks, Father Brad, from the Quizzical Papers. Hey, email him if you want me to switch, and you want to kick Josh out and want me to be Ask Father Brad. <laughs> Boo! Thank you.